At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Coming up on episode 268 of Wheel Bearings, we've got the Ford Expedition Timberline, the Bronco Raptor, the Honda HRV, Land Rover Defender Trophy. They reveal the Polestar 3. Sony and Honda are setting up shop in Ohio. Toyota ditches Amazon. And an update from Electrify America. All that and more coming up next. Hey, everybody. Uh, we'd really appreciate it if you could help us out by taking a couple of minutes to do a quick survey to tell us a little bit about uh, who's listening uh, to the show and what their interests are, uh, you can do that at survey.wheelbearings.media, um, and we really appreciate it. Thanks. This is episode 268 of Wheel Bearings. I'm Sam Abu-Al-Samich from Guidehouse Insights. And I am Nicole Wakeland from the Fast Women Podcast. And I am Roberto Baldwin from... Nikkei? Nikkei? Nikkei. Nikkei, yeah. <laughs> so are you writing in Japanese now? <laughs> so they take my words and then they make them Japanese. Ooh. They don't just run yeah. them through Google Translate? No, they have some, I'm sure they have people on staff who, who, who speak both languages and they take they have my human article. human translate. Yeah. <laughs> and, then they, and then they translate them into Japanese. So my first article went up. That's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 uh it's cool, but also the fact that I don't know how to say it is uh <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Just call Sam. Sam, who do I work for again? <laughs> Sam, who do I work for? Please tell me, Sam. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> what have you been driving this week, Mister Baldwin? <laughs> or Baldwin San. <laughs> I've been driving the Branco Rips Flower. No, no, wait, Bronco Raptor. See, I don't know how to spell any, pronounce anything. The Bronco Raptor, which I have not taken it off road, so it's just completely ridiculous. You're just driving around, way higher than everyone, just burning through gas. <laughs> like every time I start it up, it's like a whole brontosaurus just gets <laughs> it's sucked right up. I to use the up engine. and it, I just, I just, I just, uh, yeah. I just destroy the oil, the oil output of an entire brontosaurus. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, 
I feel like it. I mean, I, of all the Raptors, to me, this is the one that makes the most sense. Most sense or least sense? It makes the most sense. Okay. Because I still the think Raptor, for Hollow, yeah. the Bronco Raptor, out of all the Raptors. Oh, oh the this Raptors. Is saying, okay. This is not I, saying that any of them. I heard of out of all the Broncos. Sense. I heard about <laughs> my brain went out of all the Broncos. And really, that's the one who makes. But okay, out of all the Raptors. No, 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 just now I'm with you. Of all okay. the Raptors, because the Raptors are just ridiculous, and mm-hmm. I still believe you know. If you have a truck, you should be hauling stuff, not trying to, I don't know. So the Bronco Raptor is, of all the Raptors, the least, well, the one that makes the most sense. But it's still all, the, the entire Raptor lineup, the TRA, all this, like, super truck. It's all ridiculous and insane. And it's really mostly just dudes flexing in parking lots. <laughs> dudes flexing in parking lots. Pretty much, yeah. Um. If you bought the Bronco Raptor and you live out in the desert and you're Bronco Raptoring all the time, good. That's the you're the person. I'm like, good for you. You you're 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 you you're living your best life. If you bought a Bronco Raptor and you just want to hang out in the parking lot, fine. I mean, I don't want to be judgy, but come on. No, you a let's, let's Raptor, come on. Let's judge. You you're be judge. In the desert. Be judgy. There there are tons of really nice uh, off-road parks in America. You should be out there driving dangerously um but but make sure you get a winch and some mud terrain tires yes if you're going to go through, t- through mud be sure to get mud terrain tires that's what i've heard or, from reliable or, sources yeah yeah, yeah. the right tool for the job that's what you yes. want <laughs> absolutely um yeah i've been driving around everyone who gets in it is like what is this <laughs> <laughs> what's going on like why is this car so hard to get into i'm like oh you gotta like do this and pull yourself in and they're like it's just it's, it's just exercise annoying and, you're getting some exercise annoying. it's just it's at a weird height for tall people to get mm-hmm. in it's like not really tall but it's not short enough where you can just hop in so like getting in is like this weird it yeah there's a weird yeah if you're like i think if you're six foot or taller it's a very weird vehicle to get into because it's not, yeah. And, and a lot of sort of trucks are kind of like that, where if you're shorter than that and it's been lifted, you're like, oh, I can just grab and pull myself up. Well, you're, you're kind of pulling yourself sideways. It's it's a weird, yeah. So I thought it was just me, but other tall people have gotten in the car and be like, this is just kind of annoying to get into. <laughs> I'm like, if you were shorter, they're like, yeah, yeah. If I was shorter, it would make a lot more sense. And if I were taller, I would just like, you know, slide in. Um, so for tall people, uh, I guess remember that. Um, overall, I like the. I, I don't understand why there's carpet in it at all. That's a very good point. Yeah, that is actually a very good point. It should be like the old Honda Element that just had the washout yeah. flooring. Well, did the jurors at least have like the the deep well rubber mats? Yes. Okay. It has a deep well rubber mats, which I'm a huge fan of. But at the same time, why why even bother? Don't put carpet yeah. in it. Like everything in the car is just like, hey, let's hose it out. And you're like, oh wait, except for the carpet, <laughs> it's, it's going to get all gross. It, it does have drain plugs underneath the carpet. Yeah, see, so you can't right. hose it out. Can you just pull them out? I don't know. I, 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 I know. Last week, after we recorded last week, I went out to to try and clean up the Raptor I was driving that I got stuck in the mud, and mm-hmm. you know the the mats. I was able to just hose those down, but you know trying to trying to get the mud and stuff off the carpet was a real pain in the neck. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't put carpet in something like this. Why? Yeah. That's just that's insane. Un- unless, of course, you're just going to be a poser. Yeah. Which, if you're how just many, gonna what, hang do you, on the... what do you think the ratio is, guys? Who people oh, shouldn't say guys, humans who purchase this humans. vehicle and actually use it versus humans who are like, look at my vehicle I've never really used. Percentages. Oh, I, you know what? I, I wish it wasn't this low, but I'm thinking like maybe 25%, maybe yeah? off road on, on a, 
on a let's say every two or three months. Every two or three months, they go off-roading a little bit. They do some stuff. I mean, you do some, maybe they go camping. Maybe you know they they do some proper off-roading. Everyone else, I would say, maybe once every six months, maybe once a year, maybe just once or twice ever. Ever in the history is, of ever. Which is which is sort of disappointing because the whole vehicle is made for going, you know, bonkers off-road. I agree. Um, I think most people aren't going to use it, but really, like, if you do get this, like. Even if you're not a bonkers off-road person, become that person. Yeah, Find that absolutely. person inside Learn. you. Take a class. Yeah. Take a class. They'll teach you how to do it. There's like there's there's plenty of classes. It looks cool. I got the orange one with like the black and red like striped things on it. So you can't you can't miss it. Um, yeah. I was pulling up to pick up someone from Bard. I'm like, I hope you don't, I hope you can find me. <laughs> <laughs> really hard to spot out here. <laughs> no, I mean, every, everything about Very it, like, conspicuous. excites the 12 year old inside of me. Everything yeah. about it, just like, yeah, this is awesome. This is great. This is cool. I wish I still lived in Tehachapi <laughs> with this. <laughs> we'll not live there. I wish I was there driving this around because this would be perfect for driving around all the, the dirt roads and hills of Tehachapi. Um, the Bay Area, there's also ones, but you got to go like two hours away because, you know, people live, far more people live here. Um, and they've, uh, I don't know, they've, they've uh, paved the roads here. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you if, if Mike Levine at Ford gets one of these, and I, I suspect that he probably will at some point in the not too distant future, probably when it's time to replace his current Ranger, that he, um, he will take this thing out every weekend. Because oh, that's what he every, does every day. Yeah. If you if Mike if you don't follow Mike Levine on Twitter, he's uh, Ford Coms, and I have anyone. I mean, he's Ford Coms, so of course he's going to be very yeah yeah woohoo Ford. Ford is but he's living. But he is living. He is living his <laughs> the message. <laughs> that's the thing. He's yeah. not like this guy who's talking about how off road worthy all this stuff is and how you can go drive anywhere in it as he sits behind his desk and never goes anywhere. Like the man is out there all the time. So when he's like, "Look at what I did," you're like, "Wow, okay, you did that in that vehicle. You did it. You're out I there in think, the middle of nowhere." I don't it's think he cool. has a home. I think his Does family he? Does is he just. just have a, he has a tent I think in the back. It's just of him and his he... family, and they just like roll around <laughs> in the desert. And they just, they're just they just living like nomads. And he does all his <laughs> work. And he's got a satellite possible. phone that, and satellite Wi-Fi. He's got Starlink. Yeah. <laughs> Starlink. That's all that connects us to Mike. <laughs> that's all that connects us to Mike is Starlink. Um, so, yeah, no, Bronco Raptor. I mean, it's uh, it, it's 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 incredibly ridiculous, but it's ridiculous. It's it's done in a uh, – it's the execution is very smart. Um I really like the fact that there's all a whole lot of buttons, like all the buttons you yeah, need, like all the things that I sort of complain about where like, ah, why is the camera system behind a behind the screen? Why is this behind the screen? Why is this in the display? Why is this? All of that is a button. And it's all buttons. Like once you figure out where they are, I'm like, oh, this is the camera. This is where and, the camera is. I, I always know where the camera is now. Yeah. I always know. how. And, to and they're all stuff. they're all rubber coated and sealed. Uh, yeah. You know, so the the switch, the mecha- the actual switches are behind a rubber cover. So that when you do hose it out, you're not going to get water in all those places where you don't actually want water to get to. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, to the buttons, you know, there's even the auxiliary switch. I think there's like six auxiliary switches uh, up above the, uh, the mirror 
so that you know if you're if you're putting on extra lights or or your winch for example which you should definitely get if you're going to go mudding <laughs> once again the winch um, or, or yeah. one of them is like a sos to come get a friend to winch you out of a out of a mud hole yeah so you can <laughs> call so tom wherever it is <laughs> so you can you can wire all so you don't have to hook up extra switches you know they're the buttons are all pre the switches are all pre-wired um and then you can just tie into those wires um, so that you, you know, you've got all that stuff there. So you, uh, it takes, you know, it's a lot less effort to install that stuff. Yes. Yes. No, they, they, they've really set it up really nice. Um, <clears throat> I like that the steering wheel buttons are also behind rubber. So, you know, I've been a Wrangler once when it started raining in Hawaii and I was just like, you know, I'm not going to bother, put the helm, put the, <laughs> yeah. I just don't care. You don't have to. Wrangler's like, don't care. whatever, Wrangler. rain, bring it. Exactly. <laughs> Which is why you shouldn't have carpet in a car like this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it gets horrible gas mileage. Just no, I'm shocked. <laughs> shocked, just I tell horrible, you. Horrible, <laughs> horrible gas mileage. Uh, we're driving around. I think I'm getting like 13 point. What was it? Six mpg. Actually, that's better than what I thought you were gonna say. I, I got 15 I last week. Yeah. So combined, he was stuck 15. in the mud. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's not. It's also not cheap. A lot of people have come up to me like, well, how much is this? I'm like, a lot. well, you know, uh, <laughs> according to the Neroni they sent me over, it starts at 68,500, which means you're never going to, you're not going to get you're it. You're never getting that. That yeah. And that, and that cost, um, it's in the code orange. That's the color I got, which is cool. I really liked that orange, but it, you know, what they threw, they threw a $3,000 leather trim suede seats in there. No. No, because you're no. gonna ruin this. Even if the no, leather no, survives gonna, the suede want, part, you want no. vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. You just yeah. Uh, then interior carbon fiber pack. No. <laughs> What's that, that one? There's the mar- one of the one of the trims of the not the normal-ish Bronker. Bronker. Bronco has Bronker. marine Bronker <laughs> has, has marine grade vinyl in it to like. I can't remember. There's one, and I'm like, that's the one I, I want. I think it's, like I think one. like the base one. Is it you the can base get the, one? I think you can get the base one with yeah. that marine grade vinyl. I want that in like, my. I or or maybe maybe it comes with like if you get the base one with the Sasquatch package. Yeah, I can't remember which, the details on it, but I remember yeah. seeing it and thinking it actually looks cool. It doesn't look horrible, and I'm like, marine grade. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and then it comes. What's it? Oh, the there's a code orange seatbelt that's four hundred bucks. Yeah, just get that. <laughs> seatbelt. Oh my god. Four hundred dollars. Uh, but then they have the key. They have that keyless entry keypad, which is one hundred and ten bucks. I feel like that's the best hundred and ten bucks you can spend, especially if you're someone who likes to swim. Yeah. Um, you know, or or surf or yeah. sail or whatever, and you don't want to get your electronics wet, or if you're a surfer or a swimmer. You don't have anywhere to put that key and you can take it apart and do that whole thing or you can just use the keypad um total price for the for the uh bronco raptor they dropped off my house eighty one thousand eighty five dollars that's so which is so much money money. (laughs) it's so and i look and And, i tell people if you if you can find one the dealer's probably going to charge you anywhere from 20 to forty thousand dollars markup on top of that Right. Or, yeah, it's no, it's 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 I don't know. I, I feel like in at some point, hopefully in the future, um, people will be able to buy these at which the regular MSRP of sixty nine, sixty eight thousand, you know, $70,000. But also, you know, the the EV powertrain on the F-150 Lightning is so great. It's really good. And I look forward to seeing that on this. Um, 
maybe not the raptor because it's again but <laughs> he's like it's a raptor don't do that it's, it's got a little yeah, very special from those tires yeah. these, these are like the assistance. these are like the lamborghinis for off for people who want to at least present themselves as off-roaders you know that's I mean? well like a lot put of people, Lamborghini people don't go to, you know, a majority of them, go, they, they drive them around town, they go to the club, it's very much a show off vehicle, even though those Lamborghinis yeah. are, you know, for the most part, they're, they're wonderful vehicles, they're great on tracks, they're fun to drive. But, you know, I'm at the club lifting it up and it's, it's my Instagram mobile. I think yeah. this is like a sort of an Instagram mobile. So there, Bronco Raptor, you buy the Raptor. Um, I will chase you down unless I find out you are going to <laughs> going off road. If I can follow you in your Raptor for an entire month in my BRZ, I'm very disappointed in you. That's it. And you should, as we should be, we should all be disappointed. You should get the license plate. We should shame them. <laughs> uh, anyway, no, Bronco Raptor. Um, fun. I, I, again, I haven't had a chance to take it off road. I took the regular at rap, uh, Bronco off road. It was great. Yeah. I'm sure this is great tur or at least faster for reasons that are unknown to me. But uh, yeah, there you go. Bronco Raptor. All right. I'm Nicole. ready now. I am ready now. Okay. I have the, I've been calling it the Herve. It's the Honda HRV, and I've been Herve. referring it to the Herve all week. <laughs> so <laughs> I have the Honda Herve, which the HRV is all new this year, and it actually, it is a vastly improved vehicle. Let's start. This is like not the top of the Honda lineup. This is your like base level crossover. I just graduated college. I don't have a lot of money in the bank. I need a vehicle kind of thing. This is not your, I have arrived vehicle. That said, it is really so much better than it was before. Like I remember the old HRV, I had to drive it oddly enough all the way to Vermont, which I did again with this one, which I'll talk about later, but I drove it to Vermont and driving that a long distance, it was loud. It was underpowered. It was not fun to drive. It felt every bit like it was an entry cheap. level cross. It felt cheap. Oh my gosh. It was terrible. It really was. Sorry, Honda. The old HRV was not good. The new HRV though, much better. It's greatly improved. It has a more powerful engine. It has a nicer interior. It, it's quieter. Like they did lots of things throughout that make this so much better. Like I, before I would never have recommended this car to someone looking for this kind of car. Now I would happily recommend it to someone who's like, I need an entry level crossover. Go ahead, go look at the HRV. It's it's affordable. It drives nicely. You can get it with all-wheel drive. Um, and it's a Honda, so you know that it's gonna have good reliability. Like all these, the, there's really compelling reasons to get this. And before it was like an also ran in the compact crossover segment. So I liked it. And I like it's affordable. It starts at uh with front wheel drive 23,650. It tops out on there's only three trims with all-wheel drive, it's 28,950. So even the all wheel drive, most well equipped version of this thing is still under 30 grand, which is not bad. You know, it's not a bad price point. Um, it's easy to drive. I took it this time, I took it up to Manchester, Vermont. So I had a good long drive in it. Um, it was very easy and quiet on the highway and had no issues. It has a nice, comfortable interior. It has a good amount of room for cargo. Um, it's got that, you know, the usual infotainment bells and whistles. It has a standard seven inch screen with CarPlay, um, Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, but there's a nine inch one that you can get on top trims that has wireless connectivity, which is a nice little bonus. Um, it's basically, it's not a flashy, it's not flashy. It doesn't have all the fancy upscale stuff in it, but it does the job of being an entry level crossover without feeling cheap anymore. It, it shed the, this is a cheap little car feeling that it had before. So I am... 
I am pleased with this. I drove this at the launch and was really super impressed because they took us, we were in Oregon and they took us in a drive route that had this very twisty, turny road up a mountain. And as I looked at this twisty, turny road, I remembered thinking like, really? You're having, what, you think this is going to make me think positively about your vehicle because it wouldn't have before. <laughs> this time I took it, I'm like, <laughs> oh, like now I get it because it, there is a difference. It does, it does drive so much more nicely than the old one. So I would recommend it now. I like it. Have you guys driven the new Herve? Not yet. I, I, it's been several years since I drove the old one. And the thing that always struck me about the old one, I, I actually preferred the design of the old one. Okay. I thought it was a more interesting, <laughs> the new one looks a little bland. To That's be honest. fair. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, um, the, I, I like the design of the old one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I like the packaging of the old one. My, my only real complaint about the, the original HRV was the powertrain was yeah. terrible. It was awful. Uh, you know, and you know, I mean that the HR, the old HRV was based on the Honda fit platform. The new one's based on the civic, which is why it's so much larger than right. the old one. I mean, it's really moved up. A, I mean, the, the new HRV is really what the CRV used to be. Yeah. And the CRV is also moved up and gotten a lot bigger. So, uh, you know, and the old one, you know, especially with all wheel drive, the all wheel drive version of the original, it the the 1.8 liter engine that they had in there with the CVT was, was just a terrible combination with the weight of the all wheel drive. Um, you know, the the fit was so much lighter than the HRV that you know worked a lot better in there, but just not not in the HRV. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm looking forward to trying this one out, even though, like I said, I think it looks a little dull. Yeah, the looks thing, you know, you either like it or you don't. It's not, but you know, it's inoffensive. It's but inoffensive, it's, it's not but like, interesting. There's nothing striking. You don't look at it yeah. and go, ooh, sexy looking crossover. But so it's just kind of, it does kind of have milk toast styling. It's not super striking. It's not really something that's going to catch your attention. For that, I can freak, like, you know, the style on a car, especially when you're looking for a cheap car, sometimes you you have to like, okay, style aside, do I like driving this to have the features I need and because it have the price that I want? But the driving the old one was just it was like you said, Sam, it was awful. It was underpowered. It was loud. It felt like this engine is not going to do what I need it to do. Like it's going to just like kaput be done before I even get off of this on-ramp on the highway. Now it's a competent little vehicle. And I was taking it the route that I took it through. Um, I had to go from Southern New Hampshire through the the mountains, like there's this mountain range into Vermont, up into Manchester, Vermont. So you're driving some areas where you've got pretty steep hills that you're going up. And even on that, I'm like, God, it's doing it. And it's doing it not sounding like the engine is going to explode, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and before in the old one, seriously, you had your doubts. You're like, is this going to (laughs) break? Is it going to make it? Or should I be calling AAA right now? Like the new one, it's, it's good. The powertrain makes such a huge difference. So kudos to Honda for taking the HRV and turning it from a into a good car. Okay. I liked it. Oh, can I talk what? about the other thing that I drove that was a please. little bit more off-road worthy than the- Please, the please tell us about that other thing. <clears throat> so I also uh, did this thing called the Defender Trophy Edition. Land Rover has this the, the new Defender and they have this trophy competition and you take the Defender Trophy Editions, which I want to say there's 220 units of this available in the United States. And it's at their Land Rover Experience Center, which is in Manchester, Vermont. And- you do a, a like competition against, oh God, I want to say it was 14 other teams, but I could be wrong on that. So you, you have a little competition that's partly physical and partly 
challenges in your vehicle. And it's, I, I knew both of these things, but the physical part of it, I did not realize that Land Rover was going to try and drown me. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so like, so you like, didn't bring I, your hip waders with you. I did not bring my hip waders next time I would. So they have this thing. I think the only picture that I've seen, okay. So do you guys know who aunt Anstead is? kind of a well-known guy. If you go to his Instagram, you'll see a picture of him and he's on this random floaty thing running across it. I had to run across that thing, people. And it's like, imagine the little float you put in that water that you swim to in the summer in your lake that's really nice and it's like grounded. But they put this sort of like temporary bridge kind of thing that as you ran across the bridge, it sunk into the water two feet or so. So you had to keep a pretty good pace because if you stop too much, you would sink. Or you could be like me and have absolutely zero coordination and fall. And I fell enough times. I finally got out there, got the key uh, off the little raft. And then the way back, I'm like, I am already soaking wet. So I literally crawled back across it. So I was drenched. So it was it was a bit more physical than I had realized. And you know, 45 degrees soaking wet <laughs> jeans, not my favorite. So it was it was a little bit of a challenge. But then we that was just the morning part where it was like the the like hiking and doing that. And it was still super fun because we're all laughing our butts off at each other because it was it was ridiculous. Um, but then we um went and then we had all these little competitions challenges that we had to do in the vehicle. So they were set up in different stages. You had a little map to get to things. You had to do everything from like they kind of made a box. It was like looked sort of like pool noodles that they made in a giant circle. And you had to go in there and turn around as quickly as you can in this tiny little tight circle without popping any of the flags. You had to do it, then your drive partner had to do it. Um, then you had a thing that had nothing to do with anything. You had these wooden, three wooden stakes. And, uh, and your flag that you had to make, we, you had to have a team flag. And then you had rubber bands. And again, with the pool noodles, see the water theme going through the whole thing. You had to make a flag and it had to stand for at least 20 seconds and they had to measure how high you got it. And it was really like, you had rubber bands, a pool noodle and stakes. So then there was another section that was more like about driving the vehicle. So you had a thing where you had towing and uh, this huge trailer and you had to see how far you could get going through cones that were like, Unless I towed all the time, there was not a snowball's chance that I wasn't taken out of every cone on that course. Um, there was like a one where you had to look at a little map and it was just like, again, little stakes. And it was, you had to t like direct your drive partner through it, but you had to like, look at the map for a few minutes, hand it back to the person in charge and remember. It was like your memory thing. Um, my memory is only so-so I've discovered. So I don't know if I, like, that was a challenge. Um, you had one where you had really tight turns that you had to navigate. You had a thing where you used like a high lift jack to do stuff. Um, you had an off-road thing where there was mud and there were like navigating really tight corners, you know, when you're sort of on steep, you know, inclines this way and that way you had a thing where you had to hook up these pulleys to the front of the vehicle and around a tree. And then you had to use the pulleys. You couldn't, you to actually pull the vehicle, like, I don't know, maybe like five feet just on manpower, but you had to hook all the pulleys and the pulleys took the weight. So it was easier. Engineering man, Sam could explain this. It was easier because of the pulleys instead of just like yanking the bumper of the car or pushing it. So we had to do that. Um, so it was this like combination of little bit of physical challenges with clues to find your keys in the beginning. And then all these off-road challenges. It was really fun because the teams were everything from like, there was a Canadian journalist team. There was a couple of outdoor magazine folks, but then a lot of them are just regular old Joes. They're like literally people who bought a Defender. So they're just regular folks competing in this. Uh, so it was this really interesting range of people from around the country who were super duper like fans of their vehicle, which is always fun to have people, like if you're a super fan for whatever car you have, it's just fun to see that kind of passion. 
no matter what the vehicle is, whether it's a Hellcat or whether it's a, you know, a Land Rover Defender. It's, it's fun to see that, that kind of excitement. Uh, so they were really excited about it. And then they did have a competition where there's, there's the winning teams like eventually move on and they can compete in the UK, which of course the media people weren't uh, part of that, but the, uh, the owner people are part of that. So that was pretty cool. So there's some, and they give you, you get, you know, if you're an owner, you get cool swag, you get a little sweatshirt, you got a little beanie and a baseball cap and a funky little backpack that I'll say defender trophy. Um, so it was a neat thing. So it was part like, like competition, part have fun with your car, part just kind of socializing with people who are as passionate about your vehicle. Cause you're not going to do something like this. Probably not going to buy a, a one of 220 defender trophy edition to begin with. If you're not a huge fan of the vehicle, you know, um, and some of these folks have had a variety of Land Rovers like forever. And I go, oh, this is my eighth Land Rover. This is my ninth. Well, I've got two in the garage. So it's just, <laughs> it was, it was an interesting mix of people. And because it was close by for me, like some of these, I'm in New Hampshire, Vermont, it was like a two hour drive. Some of these people were coming from Atlanta and Texas, like they were from far away. So they made quite the trek to come up here to do this. Uh, so a fun time was had by all and I didn't catch pneumonia, which is good. So hey. it's all good in the end. But yeah, my I had a lot of wet clothes. I literally came home and I had to fly right back out to an event the next morning. And I have all these wet clothes because I literally just do. <laughs> so my husband wakes up, he's like, what is happening? And there's like socks and jeans and sweatshirts. I'm like, when this all dries out, it all goes in the wash. <laughs> like, <laughs> But everything is soaking wet. <laughs> well, why not just throw it in the wash right away? Because I just didn't want to just do a load with just that stuff. I was going to let, I just was going to wait and wash a whole bunch of stuff at one time. Like I'm right. do I do that. Lunch. I do one, that. Like with socks and a shirt and yeah. Like I need some more clothes. And I just start putting clothes on. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know um, Land Rover has these, has a couple of these Land Rover centers in the U.S. Yes. Do, do they do the trophy competitions at the other centers as well? Or is it I, just in Vermont? I think in the U.S., <clears throat> excuse me, in the U.S., the trophy competition is just at the Experience Center in Manchester, Vermont. So it if you're in sense. the U.S., you're so, coming here. Real, <laughs> what's that? Honest, if you look at Vermont, you look at Rand Land Rover sales, you're like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, it's like it's spot on. So, uh, yeah. So if you're doing that here, you're going to Vermont, which was actually also beautiful because it's October, so it's foliage season. So the drive up, was gorgeous. So you had all, and even just running around, there's like leaves everywhere. And it's like, oh, look at the New Englandiness of New England. It was, it was really cute. So that was fun. So it was an interesting, it was a fun challenge. Um, it was fun to see the people, people getting really into it. And, and there was a certain camaraderie and that, although there, like there's people that are hardcore competing, cause like somebody could go to the UK at the end of this. Right. But there was also a sense of like, this is kind of fun too. Like we're all just having a good time with this, you know? So it was it was cool. I enjoyed myself, even though I almost died in a lake, but I didn't. So it's all good. <laughs> well, we're glad you didn't die in a lake. Thanks. The lady of the lake. I would have been the lady of the lake, and so I would have had swords to throw at people. Okay. <laughs> you, uh, you get a sword, and you, you get, a, get sword. a sword. No, I would have thrown defender trophies at people. Here you, go. you get a defender trophy. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Did you know you can support Wheelbearings directly? Head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia. All right. Well, I had the um, Ford Expedition Timberline 4x4 uh, this week um in oxford white and the the expedition got um a mid-cycle refresh this year for, for the 2022 model year uh so basically a revised front fascia some you know i think some changes to the tail lights and you know some assorted other minor things and then the the biggest thing was the addition of this timberline trim level which we've seen ford add to some of their other suvs like the explorer um and i think uh i think Is there, I think there might be a Timberline Bronco Sport now as well, but I'm, I can't remember. Um, but basically, it's a slightly more off roady or at least off roady looking version uh, of the Expedition. Uh, it does have all terrain <laughs> tires. It's got, it's got some skid plates and stuff, and you know, sits slightly higher than a standard uh, Expedition. Uh, you know, it looks, looks, looks pretty cool. Um, personally, um, you know, if I was going to go, if I was going to get one of these, I would not get it in Oxford white. I would get it in the, uh, they, they have this lovely green color. Um, yeah, the green but, is really nice. I can't believe they sent you white. Yeah. Ford, forged like green metallic. Choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and with the timber line, you get some, uh, you get some red accents, you know, on the front bumper and the rear bumper and, Uh, red tow hooks uh, to go with your skid plate so that when you get it stuck in the mud, you know, you can easily hook up a, a winch or a toe strap on there. Um, and then black trim in the grill that, that wraps around the headlights. Um, so it looks, it looks pretty cool. And, and, you know, even in white, you know, it's got a little bit of the, the Darth Vader or the, sorry, the stormtrooper look to it. because it's also got black wheels, um, 18 inch alloy wheels um, with, with, as I said, with all-terrain tires, Um, you know, but basically, you know, uh, other than, other than that, you know, it's, it's a pretty run of the mill expedition, you know, which is a full size, <laughs> full size three row SUV. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's big, um, and roomy and this is not the XL. There's also a long wheelbase version, although I'm not sure if you can get the, um, the, uh, the. I don't think you can get the Timberline on the Max. Yeah, or yes, the, the long wheelbase is the Max. So yeah, the Timberline only comes on the standard wheelbase version. Um, if you if you want the extended wheelbase version with extra 
third third row room and cargo space, um, you've got to get an XLT, a limited, or a King Ranch or a Platinum. Um, the Timberline starts at seventy thousand seven hundred and five dollars. Um, it also gets the high output, um, three point five liter EcoBoost, so I think it's about three four hundred and fifty horsepower, um, which is you know it's got plenty of grunt, uh, which it needs because this thing is big and and fairly hefty. Um, it uh, it's been averaging um, about eighteen miles per gallon uh, this this past several days that I've been driving it. Uh, which is better than the Bronco Raptor, but not particularly <laughs> impressive. But but, you know, but, it's... but are you willing to pay that extra money? Because it's about the same price, starting price as the Bronco Raptor. And frankly, who needs that many friends that you have to fill up an entire expedition? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I mean, if if you want you something to... off-roady looking, go for the Bronco Raptor. Let's <laughs> get the Raptor. Yeah. Or just the <laughs> regular Bronco, to be honest. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. With um, the manual transmission. The yeah, the the one the one that I've been uh, driving also has uh, the equipment group 501A, uh, which is a nine thousand two hundred and twenty dollar package. And for nine thousand two hundred and twenty dollars, what you get is the same 15 and a half inch um, capacitive touchscreen center touchscreen that you get in the Mustang Mach-E and in the Lightning. Uh, you get Ford Copilot 360 Assist 2.0. Uh, which is a slightly more advanced version. It, it has lane centering instead of just lane keeping assist. So instead of bouncing off the lane markers, it tries to keep you centered in the lane. Uh, a 12 speaker BNO sound system, HD radio, and a 12 inch digital cluster display. That's what you get for nine thousand two hundred dollars. Yay! I I would say <laughs> if <laughs> if you're exactly. if you're thinking about Yay. a Timberline, save the nine grand. <laughs> Spend the nine grand on a winch and some good tires. There you go. Uh, like an HD radio. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Um, like I only but, listen to radio when I can't get CarPlay to work. <laughs> yeah, that's about I'm it. Like, why, right. is, why isn't CarPlay working again? Yeah. Um, and then the other, the only other option that was on here was the uh, second row um, power bench or second row bench power fold tip slide um you know that basically makes it easier to get into the third row uh one of the features i do like on this though uh for the third row it's got power folding third row seats so that there's a couple of buttons in the back you can fold them down which was handy yesterday when i went to lowe's to buy a new electric snowblower um i just press the button tip the seats down stick the snowblower in there when i got home press the snowblower no that means winter's coming dang it yeah, I know. Dun, dun, dun. It's it's coming anyway, dun, dun, whether we like it or not. So, no. Um, <laughs> all, all in the uh, the Timberline, the Expedition Timberline came to seventy nine thousand six hundred and sixty dollars. Uh, guesses on the destination charge? Oh, oh. Um, I have to go under whatever Robbie says. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, I forgot. We're, I forgot we're, we're playing this game now. Yeah, uh, we're gonna see 14, if this works. Fourteen hundred. Well, then I'm gonna go thirteen ninety-five. Robbie wins because it was sixteen ninety-five. He always 16. wins. I think you just tell him. Uh, I was gonna say fifteen hundred too. I'm, I'm actually surprised that given that Robbie was just say... driving the Bronco Raptor, 
this is the same destination charge on the Bronco. So oh, I'm surprised good. he didn't re- <laughs> surprised he didn't go higher than fourteen. My number before I said, "Oh wait, I have to wait." Because how well my brain works. For- I was going to say fourteen ninety five, so I'd have been wrong anyway. For- Ford's been sneaking up on Stellantis's de- delivery charges um, with that seventeen hundred because mm. it's the same on the F one fifty as well. I think now, um, and so yeah, they've been they've been creeping up there. Uh, so. You know, if you if you're looking for a uh, a, a off roady ish um, full size SUV to to haul your your six kids around uh, and, and all their boat. stuff, um, Expedition Timberline is worth a look. There you go. Just uh, yeah, pass on the 15 inch screen. You don't really need it. If you're if you're a friendless person like myself, <laughs> uh, just get just get the Bronco and get the regular yeah. Bronco. I'm like look, I'm like pricing out a base Bronco with Steelys on it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, with the really cool. Yeah, you can get those for about thirty grand. <laughs> yeah, well, you can you can order one for thirty. You can grand. Order Theoretically, one for about thirty grand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then you're going to spend a ton of money on on different wheels and tires and all the accessories and stuff. But so you still end up spending seventy grand on it. No, all I right. wouldn't do that. I'd, just just that in pieces, instead of at one yeah. time, in many many pieces, you'll spend seventy grand. You can take the doors off. You can take the roof off. You don't have to spend seventy thousand dollars to do that. You can just do that with the regular one. All right, <laughs> let's let's talk about the Polestar Three, which finally got its big reveal this week. Polestar Three looks like a taller Polestar. <laughs> no, it looks it's like slightly different. Never mind. It's like, yeah, but, you know, it's got Thor's hammer headlights or signature lights. Yeah, um, got the Volvo signature lights. But, uh, it looks cool. I mean, it looks different from everything else that's on the road when it comes to EVs. It looks good. I mean, this, I think the style looks good. At the front, good. at least. The front, at least. Uh, so you got that going for you. Um, no, I think they're going to, you know, Polestar is doing really well in here in the Bay Area because I see them everywhere. I, don't, I mean, it helps I've that we have seen a few here. We have a Polestar, we have a Polestar uh, dealership in Marin where all the rich people live. So, yeah. <laughs> that helps. I think there's one in San Jose as well. Oh yeah, there's one in San. Oh, right. I took photos of that one. I should remember things like this. Uh, there's also one in San Jose, so you get all the rich tech people, and then in Marin you get all just the rich, I don't know, people. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I think you know I mean for for those that haven't seen it yet, the Polestar Three is a midsize uh, two row crossover. Um, you know, it's bigger than the Polestar Two. Um, you know, looks like a crossover. It doesn't look like a a lifted sedan. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, it's a dual motor, standard dual motor, uh, configuration, um, with 360 or 380 kilowatts of power. If you get the performance pack, um, and that, tra- that 380 translates to about 510 horsepower. So it's going to have some, some get up and go, I think, um, it's, it'll be like the XC40. Like you get in it, like it's so it's far more powerful than you you anticipate. I feel like this is going to be the exact same thing with Polestar Three. Yeah, you're going to get no, in it like, oh, this would be oh gosh. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of oh gosh, like the first three days you have this vehicle. Probably, I like how it looks. I th- I like this one. Yeah, yeah um, in uh, in Europe, um, it's I think it's rated. At, they're anticipating it to be to get about 610 kilometers of range on the WLTP, which is about a little less than 400 miles. Um, and for the U.S., I think they're anticipating about 300 miles range mm. on the EPA uh, test. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you know, it'll, it'll be it'll be adequate. Um, it's got lots of uh, driver assist features because this is sharing its same platform <clears throat> with uh, the new Volvo EX90. 
um, initial production of this is going to happen in China uh, starting middle of next year. Um, and then they're going to add uh, production in uh, South Carolina at the Volvo factory in South Carolina, where they're also building the EX90. Um, it's got uh 14 and a half inch uh, center touchscreen display and, and then a smaller instrument cluster display in front of the driver where it belongs. Um, it's uh, this is going to be the, the first of the new Volvo platforms that is powered predominantly by uh, um, an NVIDIA Orin processor, which is a, a really, really powerful processor for all the driver assist stuff and um, partial automation stuff. Um, it'll be available, not initially, but it'll be available um, slightly after launch with uh, optional LiDAR um, as part of the pilot pack. So pilot pack is standard, and then a version of that that adds LiDAR to it will be uh, will be added, be available for order from the second quarter of next year. Uh, so probably towards the end of the year will be that'll be in production. Um, Twenty five speaker Bowers and Wilkins audio system. Um, I mean, it's, it's a pretty slick looking vehicle, I think. Um, yeah, and I, no, I think, <clears throat> and it's going to be built in America in like what, the middle of 2024. So if you're, yeah. hopefully by then they've figured out the IRA <laughs> issue with the, um, so, you know, in 2024, you're getting that LIDAR, which is, you know, it's, it's, you know, Polestar wants to, they're still, you know, it's still Volvo. They're still Volvo DNA. So they're still always going to be really concerned about safety. And if you're, you know, when it comes down to it, we expected Volvo and, 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 and Polestar to have LiDAR because that's a redundancy. It's a safety issue and they're going to put it in there. Yeah. Um, it'll have support for 250 kilowatt DC fast charging. Um, it's still a 400 volt um, electrical architecture. Yeah, which is weird. How they they must really be pushing it to get two fifty. Yeah, I think uh, you know probably going fairly fairly high current uh, to get that. Um, what else? Um, Twenty two hundred kilo towing capacity. So that's about forty six, forty seven hundred pound towing capacity. Um, but you know, keep in mind this is an EV, so you probably don't want to tow too big of trailer too far. <laughs> Yeah, don't don't try to tell your your horses uh, to the next state. <laughs> yeah, you know what I like about this press release is that it has everything at the very bottom. Like we sometimes when a new car is is, an, is unveiled, we get yeah. a press release that has like three pieces of key information, and then everything else like oh we'll tell you later. Yeah, like full stars. Like here's <laughs> here's everything. Here's how much it weighs. There's Here's the, the drag coefficient. Here's the drag force. Here's the charging capacity. Here's the height. Here's the sometimes they want like, well, what are the dimensions? Oh, we don't have that information now. Like, what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> how do you not know how big your car is? You know, the, the GMC Hummer EVs out there and GM still won't tell us what they they, they they won't officially say what the battery capacity is, you know, or give us a range. They barely talked about the the weight of it, but I mean that's for obvious reasons, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they, they only highlight a few select specifications, you know, trying to trying to find the all the detailed specs is nearly impossible for especially yeah. for GM vehicles these days. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's meanwhile, Polestar like, here you go. Here's everything. Hey, they even put the, the performance pack price mm -hmm. in the little thing where it's easy to find. Like, yeah, it's six thousand six hundred euros. 
Yeah, it'll be different. In the, the, blah, blah. Yeah, the, the starting price uh, in Europe is $89,900. In the U.S., it's going to be $83,500. Um, and uh, they're, I think they've started taking pre-orders this week. So you can, if you're interested in one of these, you can go ahead and get your order in. Um, and you'll start, they'll start to deliver them sometime in the second half of 2023. You know, it's cool. If you're What's rich cool? and you can afford this car, um, there's not going to be a dealer markup. <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah. Because they're doing direct sales. They're not yep. doing, they're not going through, through standard dealers. I was looking uh, to see if we even had one. We do have a, a Polestar in Boston on fancy, fancy street in Boston. So I could, because I was wondering, I'm like, I'm not, it's one of the fancier arees of Boston. I'm like, ah, oh, that makes It's sense. on one, two, three, fancy, fancy, fancy street, Avenue. Fancy pants lane. Um, no, but I wasn't even sure. I'm like, I, I think I've seen like two Polestars driving around on the roads here and i thought wait do we even have a dealership anywhere that people get or not a dealership a showroom we do we have one in boston so there you go yeah cool all right um next up uh another new ev that's coming but not until 2026 well, well uh, and, 2026. and this 26 yeah so this is um honda made some news uh this week um actually they made a couple of bits of news um but uh, the first thing Earlier this year, they announced that they were going to form a joint venture with Sony. And we've seen uh, the 2020 and 2022 CES shows. Um, Sony showed a couple of EV concepts um, and, you know, kind of hinted that they'd like to get into into vehicles. Um, and then in, I think in March or April of this year, they announced a, an agreement with Honda to form a joint venture called Sony Honda Mobility. Um, and this week they revealed, um, they, they, they're moving forward with that and production of the first vehicles, uh, is going to start in 2026 in Ohio. They're going to build oh, Honda man. Sony EVs in Ohio okay. and, okay. and Honda's responsible for the vehicle engineering. And this is the part that kind of makes me a little nervous is Sony what? is responsible for the software platform. Ooh, uh, Sony's not got a great history with. I mean, Sony's also going to be supplying a lot of components. You know, there's a lot of the sensors, uh, camera sensors, various other sensors, uh, a variety of other you know electrical and electronic components. But they're doing the software. Which... Sony, okay. So I have a PlayStation. I like three. I have. I, I I'm not a gamer, so I just stopped playing. <laughs> I, the only thing I have that's new is a Switch. And using the software to like navigate to things on PlayStation 3 is just ridiculous. I also have a Sony camera, I have an A6100, which is a wonderful camera, except you, you, like using the software, like, oh my God, this again. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> they make these like really great pieces of hardware and then they have like, eh, well, I don't know, someone came up. Bill over in accounting came up with a software idea. Bill in accounting had this idea. <laughs> and we're like, you know what? Let's, let's try. Let's, it's Bill's time to shine. <laughs> <laughs> or not <laughs> yeah so that's that that's got me a little nervous about how that's that's all going to work out we'll see i mean maybe they'll finally get their act together uh you know I've, yeah. I've got a playstation 4 um i've used some sony cameras in the past uh i've also read you know reviews of sony's smartphones um and oh, the gosh. big complaint with their phones you know again like like with their cameras great hardware terrible software so, you know, with vehicles moving towards this kind of software to find vehicle approach, we'll see. Well, here, 
the hard the hardware the software is hard to use, but it works. So, that's, okay, so that's it, a, that's a, so is it so would we, would would you rather have? Do you want something that's works? crashing all the time? Or do you want it's easy? Or, or something, do you want that's... something that works? It's solid, but it's you're like good luck finding how to like adjust the seat heater. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. Tough choice. I don't know. Um, but then the the other thing that bring Honda... back the S bring back the S two thousand as a EV. And I don't care what the software is. I, I'm I'm not even gonna care. I'm not gonna turn it on. I'm just gonna turn off the infotainment system and drive my my S2000 EV. Yeah. There you go. The you the other things that want, H- Honda announced this week um, is the establishment of an EV hub in Ohio. Uh, they've got a bunch of plants in Central Ohio, in the vicinity of of Columbus um, and and Marysville, where uh, where they've got their U.S. Uh, R&D headquarters in in Marysville. Um, they've got couple of assembly plants uh, in Marysville and East Liberty, Ohio, and a powertrain plant in Anna, Ohio. Um, and they're going to be spending $700 million to um, retool those to build EVs and EV components. Um, and they're also uh, announced that in uh, Fayette County, Ohio, about 40 miles from Columbus, um, the previously announced joint venture that they're doing with LG for batteries is going to build a three and a half billion dollar battery plant um, with 40 gigawatt hours of annual capacity. Um, and all of that is also going to be ready for 2026. And, you know, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe that's what, you know, that stuff will be going into the Honda Sony EV or is it Sony Honda? I think it's Sony Honda is the name. Sony of the Honda, name. who gets to put their name first? Yeah. No, it should be Honda Sony. I mean, if you're buying a car, I don't. I'd rather have a Honda in front of the name. You know, you're right because if because then you think it's a Honda that just has Sony stuff. Otherwise, you're like, it's yeah. a Sony car, and Honda just put in their two cents. <laughs> Honda's building it for us. Um. So yeah, Honda and Sony. You know, so after after Honda introduces a couple of GM built EVs in 2024. They're going to start building their own stuff in two years later in 2026. And good, good some of it will be with Sony and some might be on their own. We'll see. E-architecture. Yep. Which is Honda, everything Honda and Acura names is just the thing, what it does. Yeah. Super handling all-wheel drive. <laughs> You're like, oh, well, how's it handled? Super. All right. <laughs> Great. Sounds What's the architecture. It. It's an it's an e-architecture. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> no fancy. They're just like this is what it is. <laughs> very straightforward. Um, very much unlike uh, Electrify America, um, who's uh, been doing some weird things with branding lately. Uh, a few weeks back, they announced that they're going to be putting new stickers on their chargers, um, labeling them as uh, hyper fast and ultra fast. What? And what does that even mean? Hyper I, is 350 yes. and ultra is like 150. Yeah. But you have to like know that one is faster than the other. So it's gonna I, I still can't remember which is which. Yeah, I, I, I actually had a conversation with some folks from Electrify America a couple of days ago. Um, you know, after I because they, they they had sent out um they had posted a, a tweet um about uh their charging station in uh Cabazon, California which is now back online. Uh, it's been upgraded. And the the text of the tweet that goes along with the picture, this location features two balanced 350 kilowatt hyperfast chargers and one dedicated 350 kilowatt hyperfast charger. Um, 
and I sent a note to uh, to uh, somebody at, at Electrify America and said, "What does this even mean?" Yeah, yeah. I mean it's you know between balanced three hundred and fifty kilowatt and dedicated three hundred and fifty kilowatt and ultra and hyper, this you know, and on top of all this, everybody's complaining about unreliability of of Electrify America chargers. Um, you know, it's like, why are you wasting time on this labeling? You know, instead of fixing the real problem, uh, and it turns out um, after the conversation that they actually are working on the on the the, the more fundamental problem of, of reliability. Um, you know, I'm still not crazy about the the branding. It turns out that the balanced 350 kilowatt chargers are designed to support two vehicles charging simultaneously, and it can split it. You know, 175 kilowatts each. Whereas the uh, um, the dedicated uh, the, the dedicated is for a single vehicle charging at 350 kilowatts. Um, okay, but um, how do you it, explain that to the regular person when they go up to a 350 charger? You can't. You don't. That's the problem. That's yeah. there, there's your issue. Is the same thing with 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 Tesla. I would go to a Tesla charging station, or in the early days, and then it would be like, oh, I'm only getting seven kilowatts because there's 12 other people here. And I'm like, okay, I understand that, but I see people in their other Teslas just like getting frustrated, like unplugging, replugging, looking at the they thing. They don't understand looking at their phone. what's happening. Yeah. They don't understand why am I only getting this amount of, of electricity? I'm like, it's like a fire. It's like a hose. They got six it's chargers because, and only 200 kilowatts of because capacity. Because you know, because it's just like getting used to charge. Like you, you go to a gas station, you get gas, and 99 of the time, you get gas at the same rate coming into your car. You don't notice a significant difference because everyone's pumping gas at once. And if and if there's one yep. person pumping gas or 12 people pumping gas, everybody's still getting gas at the same same rate so you may so there's this like intuitive like well that's how fueling a vehicle works whether it's electricity or gas and unfortunately it's not (laughs) yeah so the other thing that i learned from ea from my conversation the other day um you know we talked about the reliability problems they've been having and last year i think yeah first sometime in 2021 i remember our john volker was writing a lot about you know problems that he was seeing in the northeast he lives in the new york area um and he was writing about problems he was seeing with a lot of the ea chargers in the northeast and it turns out when ea first started building out their network a few years ago you know one of the things one of the first decision was they weren't even going to bother with 50 kilowatt chargers which is most of what the dc fast chargers were at that point they were just going to go straight to 150 and 350. Um, because they knew that going forward, you know, that's what all the vehicles were going to support. Um, but they, you know, they also, they, to get their network built out quickly, they worked with four, four different suppliers of charging equipment. And um, not all of them had the same level of quality and reliability, let's say. Uh, and, you know, they were as good as your supplier. Exactly. And so the supplier of, most of the chargers in the Northeast region, um, that one was the, you know, they had a lot of problems with that one. And so they made the decision to rip out and replace all those chargers. And that should be better. I don't know. I mean, I'm still seeing John and others in the Northeast complaining about problems with the A chargers. Um, But those, those have all been replaced um, with a different supplier. But now um, another of the suppliers they've been having problems with this year, including the one that's down the road from me here. Um, and so what they actually decided to do last year after they started doing the, the rip and replace on that first batch of chargers 
is instead of continuing to work with a lot of off-the-shelf stuff, they were going to start getting purpose-built stuff to their specifications um, to uh, that has um, better software and it, better diagnostics capabilities, so they can reach in and find out what's wrong, get you know, and figure out you know if people are having problems with those chargers. Um, and, you know, be able to get somebody out to fix them and they're easier to repair if necessary. Um, and so they've got a new generation of purpose-built chargers. And I think that's what's actually in this, uh, this, this, uh, charging station in California, where they had the, the thing about the balanced hyperfast chargers and the dedicated chargers is actually this new generation of chargers that they're installing. And that's actually, and by the, by the, they, they told me that by the end of this year, they're going to have um, over 50 of their stations, over 50 of their locations are going to be ripping out this the second supplier and replacing them with these new generation mm. chargers that are designed to last, you know, and operate hopefully reliably for at least eight to 10 years. We both did that crew, you know, we both did that cruise, uh, the GM cruise event where they walked us through and they told us all the stuff about how they're doing it. And I just the, the suppliers just aren't ready for for electrification is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. They have these big giant bulky things that don't quite work right, and everyone's just having to build their own thing. I think that's what happens with, with you know what you're like you were saying. EA is realizing like oh all the people that we usually use for cars, or for you know all these are just aren't ready, and so we have to build our own, or at least we have to design our own and make them build it. And and I think that's what's what everyone's sort of figuring out, and hopefully the suppliers will figure it out soon. That they're like, oh, we gotta be better. We can't just be like, eh, we have some stuff lying around. <laughs> we got yeah. some random stuff. <laughs> the 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 other thing that they're changing is their whole back end software stack that manages, you know, authentication and payments and everything else. Um, they again, they had used something off the shelf um, that was available from a vendor uh, to start with. They've built up their an entirely new stack with a lot more capability in it. Um, and they've actually, apparently they've deployed that already now, like within the last few weeks, they've switched over to their, their in-house built software stack for managing everything. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on EA over the next, you know, six, 12 months. Uh, eventually they're going to replace all of their chargers with these new generation chargers. Oh yeah. Um, They look totally different too. Yeah. New chargers. Right. So hopefully, hopefully they'll be better. Um, we'll see. Uh, we'll we'll let you know, or you know, if you run across one of these new chargers, you know the the current EA chargers, you know they're they're these white pedestals with a big hole in the top with green trim on them, um, and the the new ones look uh, they're still predominantly white, um, but if you happen to encounter one of these new chargers, let us know if you you know how it goes, uh, you know if it's any better or worse, because hopefully it, hopefully it'll get better. We'll see it. It better it better improve because there's getting a lot more really uh, EVs worse, coming on the road. Yeah. yeah, I I I was fortunate with my drive with the the BMW i4 a few weeks ago when they were doing all the upgrades. So mm-hmm. I was getting free charging all weekend. I was like, yeah. Um, but the, I, I, one of the charges I charged the screen just didn't work, but it was still charging. Oh, I'm like, good enough. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, yeah, well, and I that's one of the things they mentioned was the screens, you know, not being readable in a lot of conditions. Yeah, like yeah, that. they were, they were. It was, it just felt like ham-fisted, thrown together, 
like a Frankenstein. This Las Vegas, they just uh, updated the Las Vegas one. I've charged at this Las Vegas station a bunch. So, oh, look, they have, they've written 350 right on the road, right in the parking space. Oh, so so you don't oh, have to so pull you know. in. So you, so you don't close pull enough in that you can actually like, read the label? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Up to 350, up to 350. Oh, see, that's, there you go. That's the smart thing. I was, um. When I was charging in um, the mountains, there were some, it's not EVgo, charge point chargers. And at the top of the charger, there was like a like a, like a display that said available, yeah. unavailable. I'm like, what? And you could see it from across oh, the parking lot. Cool. I was so like, you know right away before you get all the way over there. Yeah, yeah. you don't drive all the way over there. And you're like, oh, this one, <sighs> someone's on this one. And I mean, if you're doing a road trip, you're like, well, I guess I'll just hang out or find another one. But if you're, you know, just around town, you're like, oh, I'll just park over here then. <laughs> Cause I'll look for those charging stations when I'm driving around town. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get some free charging or I'm going to get some charging while I'm here. But if it's, uh, but if it's full, I'm like, I drove all the way there. I'm like, Oh, I could have parked somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, last story we've got, uh, for this week is, uh, Toyota moving away from Amazon. Um, Toyota was one of the, the first automakers to really embrace, um, uh, integrating Amazon Alexa voice services into its vehicles. Um, but now they're moving away. Um, when, in fact, uh, this week, earlier this week, while I was in uh, Nashville to drive a new, drive some new Toyota vehicles, when the press release came out and I had a chance to talk with um, one of the uh, Toyota engineers about what's, what's going on with that. <clears throat> and um, uh, basically, um, you know, there's no, over-the-air software update involved with this. It's all in the back end. Um, newer, the vehicles that have the new Toyota infotainment system that debuted on the Tundra last year uh, is now on a whole bunch of Toyota and Lexus vehicles. Um, they, The voice recognition system that's in there is a hybrid system that it has some stuff that's embedded in the vehicle for when you don't have connectivity. But when you do have a connection, it's you know, whatever commands you give it, it sends those up to the cloud, processes them, uh, and then executes on that. And until now, they've been using Amazon uh, Alexa voice services to power that. Um, and this week, they switched over to using uh, Google Cloud AI to do that voice recognition. Um, and they told me, they explained to me that uh, the the using Google Cloud AI gave them um, much more capability with the voice recognition. It does a much better job of natural language. Um, it's got, because it's tied into Google search and, and other stuff, you can find uh, all the points of interest and things like that, that a lot more, it's, it's a lot more robust than what's available from Amazon. Um, have, have you guys tried using the Amazon stuff in any of the vehicles, whether it's Toyota or GM so, or Ford. Yeah, it's like, oh, you need to sign in. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I don't so think I'm going to play with it just because I don't know like, how to be bothered signing in, what you're saying. Like, I don't want to do Yeah, all. you have to uh, sign in, which is like, really? I have to sign in just to use this? This is ridiculous. Like, you know, if you get in a Polestar and you don't want to sign into Google, you don't have to. I don't have mm -hmm. to sign into Google. I can be, you know, I don't have to have my stuff. If I, if I get into another, you know, if I get into a Mercedes, I don't have to sign into MBUF to MBucks yeah. to use voices. Yeah, the signing in thing is just, it's a, it's a drag. It's a pain. Yeah. I'm anti having to sign into things all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, How about you? Have you played with it, Sam? Uh, I, I have tried it out a few times, um, you know, and it, 
it's you know it's okay it it does a an okay job of the voice recognition part of it uh, but yeah i mean it it right you know it's only tied into um you know into amazon's map you know point of interest database which is not as as robust robust and and feature feature filled as what google's got in google maps um you know for music you know it'll play stuff from amazon music which if you use amazon music it's fine uh but you know the the google stuff can tie into youtube music or to spotify or you know anything else the way the way it's set up it can it can do a lot more stuff with it um and you know obviously you know if you've got concerns about you know using google for, for privacy purposes i mean you don't actually have to sign in to it um you can you know you just say hey toyota um and you know give it the command and you know it'll it just does the vo the processing and and then it's sends it back to the car and it's all tied it you know it's tied into a bunch of vehicle functions so you can do things like change the cabin temperature and um change the volume and so on without actually touching anything yeah i mean you, you can't say like drive me home because it doesn't know where your home is because you haven't signed in which is fine because you yeah. can say you're dressed all right let's answer some listener questions Okay. Uh, first up, Andrew Pappas asks, will we see a new ES based on the new Toyota Crown? We see a new ES based on the... So the Lexus ES, uh... which up, up until now has always been based on the Camry. Do you think the ES will switch over to the Crown platform? No, I don't <laughs> think so. What do you think? I don't, I don't know. I guess it could. I, I saw... I was driving around one day and I was behind a Camry and an ES... <laughs> <laughs> like almost exactly the same. And I was just like, "Oh, I'm so I hope this person didn't like." Yeah. <laughs> how much did they spend on this experience? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much more did you spend for the you know and you for know, that for the trackpad? It is a different for the trackpad. Yeah, yeah. Track <laughs> uh, maybe I don't know. I I can see them actually shifting the ES to the to the Crown platform. The crown. Um, because you know for the for the same reasons you know the the Crown. If you haven't seen it yet, and we'll be talking about it more next time uh, after the embargo lifts, but the you know the crown um, is a sedan um, that is a high riding sedan, so it's got sort of a crossoverish stance to it. It's mm -hmm. like four inches taller than an Avalon, um, but interestingly enough, it only has an extra half inch of ground clearance. Um, so anyway. Um, the you know part of the reason for that you know is that they say that you know more and more people you know some there's a lot of people who like the uh the higher hip point of a crossover the higher seating position of a crossover mm -hmm. but don't necessarily want a crossover shaped vehicle they still like the idea of a sedan um and you know given that you know lexus probably has a little bit older demographic you know especially for something like the es than the um than Toyota does. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they oh, actually yeah. shift the, the next gen ES to the crown platform and have that similar kind of high riding sedan form factor. So is that the, the, the wheel, I mean, who cares about the, 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 what do you call it? Clearance, the wheel clearance, the clearance, <laughs> because yeah. But is the, is the, is it easier to get in and out of? Is it higher? Yeah. You, yeah. You sit a little bit higher. So you're not dropping down into the car as much. 
Okay. So, yeah. So yeah. Then that, that, in that case, that makes a lot of sense because you know it's it's tough when you know as you get older, getting in and out of us, uh, you know, lower cars. Uh, I can see it being a nice thing for, you know, like you said, as you're older, I think that's kind of nice, actually, you know, yeah. makes it a little easier for you. It's just like, oh, this thing just slide straight in and slide straight out. That's all. That's, that's, that's what that's, you want to look that's for. That's the goal. If you're, mm -hmm. if you're older and you're like, oh my God, if, if, if get in and out of the vehicle you're, you're shopping for, see how, see how it feels getting in and out. Because yeah. if you can just slide right in and slide right out, you're going to be so much happier in the long term. All right. Uh, Adam J asks, how do you feel about extended warranties? I have a Mach-E and plan to keep it past the three-year warranty expiration, but worry about how much expensive tech is in new cars nowadays. Uh, even my doors have actuators in them. Would you would never have considered a warranty 15 years ago, but now what do you think? Would you, would you spend the money on an extended warranty? No. I, well, see this, here's the thing is I'm a handy guy. So I'll just fix things after the warranty goes out. If you're not a handy person, especially. How long did they say they're keeping the car for? Wait, I get a double beyond, Just beyond, beyond the three-year warranty. No, beyond the three-year warranty. I, I mean, how, how often do you have, I mean, realistically versus what you pay for the warranty, how often do you have yeah, catastrophic meltdowns after, just after year that three? I mean, things go wrong. Yeah. Right. Like, like when you think about what I, I, but, I and the not. biggest problem is the battery and the battery is like what, eight years, 10 years. Eight, yeah. Eight okay, years, a hundred thousand miles on, right. the, on the exactly. battery. Exactly. Yeah, so, well, I, I, I mean, I probably wouldn't get it. I, I, I wouldn't, I mean, if you're rich and you're just like, I don't want to ever think about, I don't have anything. to deal with it. And if you're rich, you just go buy another yeah. car. Oh, this broke. Well, get a new one. That's true. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> a good point. Um, <clears throat> oh, go ahead. No, I don't know what I was going to say. The, the, the thing, the thing about extended warranties is they generally don't come from the manufacturer. They're usually provided by a third party. And you need, if you're going to, if you're thinking about an extended warranty, you need to really read through it in detail. Cause there's usually a oh, lot yeah. of caveats, mm -hmm. a lot of deductibles. Um, I've never bothered with an extended warranty um, except for one time. One time we got an extended warranty for a couple of years on a VW that we had. And it turned out to be a complete waste of money because when we actually really? needed to use it, the problem was not even covered under the warranty. Uh, um, so there's, there's a lot of, there tends to be a lot of fine print and extended warranties. And yeah. they're, they're usually a very high profit margin thing for dealers and the companies that sell the warranties. Um, you know, the dealers get a cut of whatever you pay for that warranty. Um, and, and the companies that sell these warranties usually do their best to make sure that, um, they don't actually have to cover anything under the warranty. Yeah, so I, point. you know, take a look at whatever's available and, you know, make sure, you know, read it in detail, maybe even have a lawyer look at it, you know, or somebody that knows contract law, um, because there's a good chance it probably won't actually be that useful to you. Fine. Okay. So a, either a, have a friend who's a lawyer or B have a friend that's handy. Yes, yeah, like preferably, friend, preferably the latter. Yeah, if your friend <laughs> Sue is like super handy at things, just like, hey, Sue, there's something weird going on with the door. Can you come look at it and then feed Sue tacos? There you go. I, I, I literally works. just went and worked on my cousin's car last weekend for tacos. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> or whatever your family. We'll work I, for I tacos a, or pizza yeah, or any of those I have things. A, yeah, I have a large Mexican family, so I got tacos and then a bunch of like other Mexican type things. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> they, they're like, she just sent me home with. I'm like, yes, this is the best. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ford recently, AJ asks, Ford recently announced a Blue Cruise 1.2 for the 2023 model year that will mimic Super Cruise's ability for lane changes. Uh, any chance the 21 and 22 models will get it eventually? I hope the current models are not missing some crucial hardware. No, there is no hardware change. It's just a software update. Uh, you will get Blue Cruise 1.2 mm -hmm. uh, on on your 21 and 22 um mustangs or machis and f-150 lightnings and or F f-150s in general uh and anything else that had it um it's it's gonna be available first you know uh from the factory on the 23 model year machis and lincoln corsair but it will uh over the next several months it will get out to all of the other vehicles that have blue cruise or lincoln's active clyde um in addition to um the lane change on demand when you tap the turn signal uh it will also support um proactive speed control uh which super cruise has had since 2017 uh which as you're driving down the the road uh it will look at curve look at the map and look at curves in the road and if your speed is a little bit too high to safely go through the curve it might drop your speed down a few miles an hour as you go through the curve and then resume your previous set speed um and uh and just general improvements in the the control of the system so yeah all the all the hardware is exactly the same so no no hardware updates required uh and you'll you'll get it either as an ota or if you want it sooner you can take it into the dealer and have them flat reflash the software for you so yeah uh, she'll get it yeah <laughs> yep uh dan vesma we hear a lot about U.S. and Asian brands developing autonomous technologies. Is there any reason that European vendors appear to be falling and flailing, falling around? I think it should uh, be flailing. Yeah, I think uh, flailing, flailing, yeah, flailing around. Um, I I have been in the uh, dry pilot, which is level three for Mercedes, hmm. uh, a bunch of times at this point. Um, they will likely have the first level three system in the United States. It will be Mercedes on the uh, S and then eventually on the, the S class and eventually the EQS as well. I don't necessarily so feel like they're flailing. Yeah, they're not, they're falling. not falling behind. I think they're, 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 um, there's a lot of rules mm -hmm. and regulatory issues in the, the EU, which are actually good because the regulatory setup is for the entire EU. They're like, these are the rules. And they're like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, cool. Whereas the United States, it's like, these are the rules and every county and every state and every city and every, exactly. so it's a little bit tougher for them. The, so yeah. So, I mean, so yeah, so the, the, you know, the Volkswagen group had Audi, Audi had a level three thing that they just decided to sort of not do because of regulatory issues. Um, but yeah, it, they're not, they're not falling behind. They just, I think they're being a bit more cautious and a little less like, hey, look at us about it. I think they're, mm -hmm. they're, 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 they're very, it's, it's like Daimler and electric uh, semis. You can buy an E-Cascadia electric semi from Daimler right now yeah. and drive it around. Yeah. But they're just, they're, not, they're you know, they don't, I, I, they just don't like buy into the hype that I guess Tesla was like, we got a semi, it's electric. And it was like, yeah. Meanwhile, there's like Daimler trucks that you can buy right now they're electric and volvo trucks volvo and volvo, volvo yeah i drove a, i drove a volvo truck in in sweden uh you know a big pan, um a panel truck around that was mm -hmm. electric and but then, then again that's swedish sweden this sweet swedish it's it's a kind of it's a cultural thing where they just don't brag yeah <laughs> no one they're just like oh, just we have modest. a nice thing they're like hey we have a car if you like it it's cool if you don't we understand it's okay that's <laughs> fine we're okay with that it's fine yeah the, the so, yeah so europeans 
Europeans are doing are 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 on par, are actually doing better than than the some of the U.S. and uh, Japanese uh, automakers. At, at least, um, you know, when it comes to consumer level technologies, um, yes. you know, yes. on, things like robo taxis, you know, the the real you know high level automated stuff. Um, you know, Volkswagen Group, you know, owns an equal stake with Ford in Argo AI. And they, you know, they've got a, a fleet running around Europe testing now with with a fleet of ID buzzes with the Argo driver system on there um, that is testing in uh, Hanover and Munich uh, right now. Um, and, uh, you know, they're also developing consumer grade stuff as well that'll be coming to various vehicles in, in the next several years. Um, so, you know, and Volvo, you know, has been doing a lot of work in this area. BMW has been, been doing some stuff. BMW has had some challenges. Um, you know, they initially had a partnership with, with Mercedes-Benz to do level three and level oh, four yeah. stuff, which then got dropped. Um, and then they formed a partnership with Mobileye to do the same thing. And then we'll see if that ever comes to fruition. Um, and then, um, Finally, uh, most recently, they they formed a partnership with Qualcomm to develop a, a system, a level level three and level four technologies for their uh, 2023 or 2025 Noya class EVs, um, and uh, we'll we'll see if that one actually gets anywhere. Uh, but you know, they they've all been working on this stuff. Um, you know, but you know, based on the the number of automated vehicles you can buy from any other manufacturer, like I said. I don't know that they're actually behind. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I just remembered I went to a big uh, event, a big BMW event where they were opening the, the building for their aut autonomous like program and there were drummers. Was that the, with the Mercedes driver. partnership or, or was that uh, the mobile eye one? It must have been Mercedes because it was, it was way before COVID. It was a long time ago. It was years ago, yeah. and then they had us ride ages around. Ages and ages ago. They had us ride around an autonomous car in a parking lot, which was like, woo. <laughs> <laughs> woo. Excitement. Um, Dan Vesma also asks, um, that metallic noise coming from the back of my car is probably nothing to worry about, right? So if it was Metallica <laughs> coming from the back of your car, I wouldn't be cool. concerned. The metallic noise, uh, maybe your differential. Should probably check that. Yeah, there, maybe, there could uh, potentially be issues. Dragging along the, the, the roadway. Could, could be a could be an issue with maybe you haven't changed your if you have pads in the back or your drums. Yeah, <laughs> there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of metal in cars, and whenever the, you hear that metal like grinding together, that's not a good sign. <laughs> so you should so, definitely. So what you're saying is it's it's fine, right? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It'll, it'll, it'll all be okay. if it's just Metallica. If it's Metallica, yeah. you're good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then gareth thomas uh, says i'm hoping you can do me a favor my dad ordered an e-transit last october uh the dealer said it would take 60 days it's been a year there's been no communication from anyone for this whole time aside from an email a couple of weeks ago saying there have been delays uh <laughs> you know more of the people involved so i'm hoping you could do a little poking around and see if there's anything more to know um so I, what I would say, you know, there's a couple of things that could be going on here. First of all, you know, if, if your dad actually placed an order, a factory order with the dealer, you know, and, you know, has a, has a purchase contract for any transit, then that should be with Ford, you know, certainly e-transit deliveries have been 
relatively slow still. They didn't start until I think March or April of this year. And I think they've been delivering about four or 500 a month. So they're not, they're not really cranking them out just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and in part, you know, I think part of the reason for that is that uh, the e-transit is built with the same battery modules and the same rear motor that's used in the Mach-E. And they, Ford's been trying to ramp up production of the Mach-E. So there may be some shortages of components. They may not be able to build as many e-transits as they would like yet. Um, all of that, you know, production is being ramped up. Um, so hopefully, you know, that may be part of the problem. If all, if your dad did nothing but, you know, go to the dealer and say, you know, here's a deposit, you know, or, or even if they gave him a deposit, you know, and just said, you know, I want an e-transit when you get one, then that's, that's a different situation. Then you're relying on the dealer having both ordered one and got an allocation of an e-transit. If, uh, you know, so if you've got, you know, a, a factory order, in then that's in, then it's in ford's hands to build it but if it's just you know saying you know i want you know telling your dealer i want the first e-transit that comes in and the dealer hasn't necessarily got an allocation of e-transits then there's not much that can be done so you need to make sure you actually have a real order in if you do have an order in then the next step would be to call ford uh customer service um you know kind of bypass the the dealer and there is a customer service number um which uh, it's an 800 number which i'll put in the show notes but it's 1-800-392-3673 um or you can just google ford customer service and um that will get you through directly to ford and you can find out you know has your order actually been processed you know kind of what's what stage is it at they can help you out um and uh, if if not, if it hasn't been sent in by the dealer and they're just waiting for one to show up, then you need to actually make yeah, sure you yeah. get one officially ordered. Yeah. Yeah. A year. That's a, I mean, that's the crazy world we're in where, you know, automakers are deciding, well, do we want to sell, sell more transit or do we want to sell more maquis or do we want to? You know... Yep. Yeah. Everything is so it's, you know, it's, you want to kind of get upset with the OEM and be like, ah, I should have it by now, but things are still really messed up from the pandemic and nothing is coming in the way that you expect. Sometimes yeah. it takes a couple of months. Sometimes it takes more than a couple of months. So. Yep. I did like that transit though. When I drove it, that was a fun. Yeah. Fun transit's car. a good van and you know, an electric version is bound to be even better. Yeah. No, it's a good, it's a fun car to drive or van. It's not a car. Yeah. It's fantastic. Sorry, I had to do it. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) All right. Well, that's all we've got for this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 